says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what? Think about such things. Amen? This verse is what our life should be built upon. These thoughts are what should control our minds. Amen? So with that being said, today I want us to look. We're traveling down our path. Amen? We've been traveling down our path for the last uh, two weeks and then today. And we'll continue. We've got three more weeks after today. But we're traveling down our path. And I told you the first week, what? The direction that you're headed is going to determine your destination. Right? You can't, you can't go uh, north and expect to end up at the beach. Unless, I guess, if you went to the Great Lakes. But that's not, you know, that's not the Florida beaches, right? That's not the California beaches, you know? Uh, so, uh, if you go north, you're going to eventually go to Canada. I don't want to go to Canada. I have no desire to go to Canada. Not, not that there's anything wrong with our Canadian friends up in the north. But I like the south. I like the beaches in the south. So if I'm going to go to a beach in the south, what am I going to do? I'm going to go where? South, right? Kind of, I guess it's south, uh, to be technical, to go to Florida from us. It's about what? South east. So I would have to go southeast, get on I-40, drive down to about Memphis, and then start heading farther and keep going south until you get to Florida, right? That's the way it works. If you, so your direction... Whatever direction that you decide to go is going to what? It's going to determine your destination. That's just the way it works. And then last week we talked about sometimes we get on a course and we have to do what? We have to take detours, don't we? Because we end up being on the wrong path. What is it? Remember the fork from the first week? When you come to a fork in the road and you have to make the right decision, you, you, you have to ask and rely on God that he's going to give you the right decision on which path to make. Can I tell you that every time, everything in life is a fork? Every decision that you have to make is a fork and you have to talk to the Lord and ask God, God, which direction should I go in my life? Which place should I go? Should I make this decision or this decision? And we should be going to the Lord and asking the Lord, God, what is it that you want me to do? Because we need his direction. We need his guidance. And sometimes we get off course and we have to make a course correction. We have to make a detour and start going the right direction, the direction that God wants us to go in the first place. Today... How many, of those, how many of you have ever seen those? How many of you have ever ran one? <laughs> I remember when I was younger, dry, riding with my grandfather, and he was getting up there in age, you know, and he'd go through a stop sign, and I'd go, Grandpa, you, passed, you ran that stop sign. He says, I'll stop twice next time. I'm like, it don't work that way. You can't stop twice next time, you know. And, uh, but that, that kind of became a joke because it seemed like every time I got in the car with him, he was running a stop sign. And I'm like, that stop sign's been there for years, Grandpa. You know, uh, you, you need to make sure you stop. But sometimes in life, you're going to be driving down the road and you're going to have to stop and reevaluate the path that you're on. You hear what I'm saying? You're going to be going down a path 
and you're thinking, man, this is a great path. This path is wonderful. I'm having the time of my life. But then you have to come to a point that you stop and you have to reevaluate. Am I on the right path? Do I need to make a course correction? Do I need to make a new decision? Do I need to do something different in my life to get to where I'm going? So there's two questions that I want to answer for you today. Question number one, why do we find ourselves on the wrong path? You see, when we're traveling down the path of life, there are going to be times that you need to stop. Uh, and, and, and uh, you know, that, the, that stop sign, it's big and it's red. Why is it that way? It's to get your attention, isn't it? It's to get your attention. Because if we didn't have that big, gigantic red stop sign, we might just go right on through. We might all stop. But you can't, you, you can't help but see those stop signs, right? I mean, because they're big. I mean, they're bright. You know, they're, they're great. I mean, so you see that stop sign, and you need to stop. And, and, and so what happens when you run that stop sign? There's a chance that you could get an accident, right? Those stop signs are there for a reason. They're there for a purpose. They, they're put in our life so that we see them and we stop. And we find ourselves on the wrong path. And, and I don't know about you, but I like to be happy. Anybody like to be happy? Does anybody like to be sad? You just like walking around, well, I'm just sad today, I want to be sad today. I don't. I like being happy. I like, I like you know, I, I watch uh, funny movies. I like watching funny shows. I like to laugh, and my laugh is, at home, my laugh is very loud. But i also tell you, when I'm in a movie theater and I'm watching something funny, everybody knows when I laugh because I like to laugh, and it's loud, and it's, I mean, People might even stare and look at me. And sometimes I'll laugh at moments that I'm the only one that thought it was funny. We went to some cartoon. I think it was Storks. And there was like nobody in the theater except me and my kids because it was back when we still had the, the cheap movie over at the Mall Trio. And we're sitting there and I'm watching this movie and it's a cartoon and I'm laughing. I'm getting all their jokes. I'm understanding everything. I mean, it's, it's hilarious to me and I'm laughing. And I, I, I swear if anybody had been in there, they thought I had done come from the funny farm to come watch this movie because I was laughing so loud and so hard because I thought it was fun. But I like being happy. I think all of us like being happy. We want to be happy. Our, our heart, think about this, our heart, it's on a happiness quest, not a truth quest. I want whatever makes me happy. I, I, want, I, I want this because I'm happy when I have this. Sometimes the truth, listen to me, will not make you happy. Truth isn't supposed to make you happy. The truth is what's right. Truth is what the right thing is to do. Our heart wants the happy now, listen, rather than the happy later path. Right? We want happiness right now. We want it today. We don't want to wait for happiness later. Do you see where I'm going with this? That's what our heart wants. Our heart desires to be happy now. We don't want to wait. We want instant gratification. You know, people go to the casino because they think it will give them an instant win and it will solve all their problems. People try diets that will make them lose weight fast because they think it will make them beautiful today. People try quick education schemes because they want the degree now. We live in a get it now society, but if it sounds too good to true, then guess what? <laughs> It's probably too good to be true, right? 
But we want instant gratification. We want to be happy now. We don't want to wait for, to be happy later. And if God is telling us something different than what we want, if it makes us happy, then sometimes we just say, well, God, you know what? I know what's better for me. Do you hear what I'm saying? Why? Because we want to be happy. We want to experience happiness. Our heart wants the happy now rather than the happy later path. But the truth is, God may want you to go a different way. And I don't know about you, but God's way is better for my life than my way. Amen? I want God's way. That's what I want. I want God's path because God is going to give me the right path at the right time, at the right moment, at the right here and now. Amen? God is going to give me the right path that I need to go down. And so that's why I pray and I speak to him and I talk to him and I listen to him and then I obey and I put obedience to my faith and I walk in the path that God wants me to walk in. That's where I need to go. That's the way I need to go. That's the place I need to be. And that's why sometimes we have to stop and reevaluate the path that we're on. You're driving along, and what happens? Come to a stop sign. I drive through the stop sign. I don't stop. What happens? Bam! Why? Because the car was expecting me to stop. Same thing in life. You're driving along. All of a sudden, you realize this is not the path that I should be on. I, I see something happening up ahead. Something's going on. I need to stop and reevaluate. Just because my heart liked where it was going doesn't mean that's where I should be going. You hear what I'm saying? We have to stop ourselves and reevaluate and see what God wants us to do. Remember, the direction that you're headed will determine your destination. And sometimes we find ourselves on the wrong path. We have to stop and reevaluate. The heart wants what the heart wants. And I want you to know your heart does matter. But there will be times that you're going to have to stop, reevaluate the path you're on. That brings me to my second question. Here's the second question I want to answer today. How do I get on the straight path? How do I get on the straight path? Got your Bibles? Go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Some of y'all know this passage. Proverbs chapter 3, I'm going to begin reading at verse 5. How do I get on the straight path? You see, Solomon tells us in, his, in the Word, when he wrote this, he told us how to get on the straight path, and we're going to even expand on it and find even more of what, where he's going to take us with this. But Proverbs chapter 3, I'm again reading at verses uh, 5. Probably some of you, if not all of you, have memorized these first two verses, verses 5 and 6. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, some of y'all may know it, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. There's your answer to my second question. But we will get back to that in just a moment. Let's continue on, go to verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. 
Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. So how do I get on the straight path? Verses 5 and 6. Let's read it again. Can we all read this together? And It's up here, so you can follow it here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So an easy answer is this. One, two, three. You need to trust, lean not, and submit. Pretty easy, right? You want to stay on a straight path? That's what Solomon told us. You need to trust in the Lord, lean not on your understanding, and submit to God. We talked about the heart. This is where the heart comes in. We have to learn to trust God with our heart. You see, the heart wants what the heart wants, right? You ever looked at something and thought, ooh, I want that. I mean, like, you just, like, you had to have it, you know. You just, man, I, I'll do whatever I got to do to get that, whatever I got to do. If I've got to sell everything I got, I want that, right? If I got to go in debt to get it, I'm going to get it. If, 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 you know what I'm, do you know what I'm talking about? Why? Because your heart wants it. You desire that. You need it. You want it. You got to have it, right? Because that's what your heart wants. But see, the heart is very deceiving. The heart's very deceiving. It tells us things that we may want, but yet God's saying, look, you can't afford it. You don't have the money for it. You're, it's not in the budget. You hear what I'm saying? But yet we sometimes would rather go into debts. We'd rather uh, do whatever we had to get. Why? Because we wanted it and we got to have it. There's some times that we have to just walk away from things and say, look, it's not in God's timing right now for this to happen. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're going down a path and sometimes you just have to stop and reevaluate that path. God didn't say, give me some of your heart right? What do you say? All of your heart. That means everything. How many uh, times have you said to someone, just go with what your heart's telling you? You ever heard that? Or, hey, just, just follow your heart. Maybe we've all said that sometimes. Look at what Jeremiah tells us though. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Do you know what Jeremiah meant by that? He meant sometimes our hearts lie to us. Did you know that? Sometimes our hearts lie to us. Almost every time we want to do something that feels good short term and we intuitively know it is not good for us long term. Our hearts come up with reasons to do the thing we want to do rather than the thing that's best for us over the longer term. So what Solomon is saying to us is when you find yourself at a fork in the road, don't trust your heart, trust God, amen? Don't lean on your own understanding, lean on God. Don't submit to your motivations, your intentions, your ambitions, submit to God. If you do this, he will make your path straight. 
Have you ever submitted to God in all your ways? Think of it this way. When you asked God to come and save you, it was like you invited him to come into your living room. Hear what I'm saying. Dear Lord, come and save me. I want you to change me. Come into my heart, make it clean. You know, we've said that prayer, and we ask God to come into our living room, right? Because when we have people over at the house, it's easy to invite people to the living room, right? Because you can take all the junk that's in the living room that you don't want people to see, and you can shove it in the bedroom. You know what I'm saying. Anybody else with me? People are coming over. Let's hurry up and clean up. What do we do? I mean, we're shoving stuff in closets and we're shoving it in, you know, places that nobody will go into. And, you know, and if you've got an entry room, you can always keep that clean. My, my mom, now let me just say this. My mom always cleaned her house, okay? But she didn't think she always had it clean. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so we had this one room in our house, and it was the living room, and it was attached to the front door, and guess what? That room was always spotless, until my sister moved in with them for a short time. But that room, I mean, it was spick and span. I mean, you could walk in there with a white glove and wipe it, and there was no dust in there. Why? Because that room had to be perfect, because if people were coming to the house, they're going to see that room first, and she could bring them in there, shut the door, and just talk to them right there in that room, and they didn't have to see the rest of the house. Isn't that what we do with God, though? When we invite God to come into our heart, we invite him into the living room, right? God, come on into the living room, man. It's perfect in here. It's nice. It's beautiful. God, you can have all the space in here you want. You can do everything you want. And then if God says, but I want to go to the bedroom. (laughs) Wait a second, God. We don't need you to go to our bedroom just yet. We want you to stay right here. This is where we're at. This is the perfect place. This is what we want you to see. This is where we want you to be at. But, But God said, yeah, but I want more than just the living room. You hear what I'm saying? I want more than just that one room. I want another part of that room. I I want something else in the house. I want to go see something else. Let me go see what's going on in the bedroom. Let me go see what's going on in the kitchen. Let me go see what's going on in the bathroom. Let me see the other places, the things that you got heated. I want to go to the secret places. Do you hear what I'm saying? God is saying, I don't just want part of your heart. I want all of your heart. Lean not on your understanding. Amen? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your straight path. If you want to go down the straight path, listen to what I'm saying. You need to let God come in and occupy the whole heart. Do you hear what I'm saying? He wants all of you. He wants every part of you. He wants everything. He wants to control everything. Why? Because he wants us to submit to God, to submit to his will, to submit to where he's wanting us to go, where he's wanting to lead us to. It's easy to invite somebody into our living room, but that bedroom's another place. That's our secret place. Hallelujah. We'll let God into the living room of our life. But it's hard to let him into those secret places. The rest of our text, verses 7 through 12, it gives us three action steps to continue down the straight path. So if you're headed down the path 
and you decide to stop to reevaluate the path that you are on, you know how to keep the path straight because you have heard it all your life. That's, that's the first part. And then now here's the three action steps that Solomon gives us. Number one, action step number one. Don't be wise in your own eyes. You ever thought you knew it all? <laughs> Man, I've done it. I've done it a million times. I know it all. I could, I could, I could do it frontwards, backwards. I could do it standing on my head with my eyes closed. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You've done it all. You've been there. You've done it. Let's look at what Solomon tells us, though. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I don't want to be an expert at anything. Number one, people are going to come ask you questions, right? <laughs> if I don't know something, then it's easier just to say, oh, I don't know. But every decision, every fork in the road, it's a new fork. Where, wherever you are today, you've never been there before. Do you hear what I'm saying? Each step that you're taking on your path is something new. It's something that you're going to. I don't care how many times that you think you've done this and you know how to do it. Guess what? There may be something new that God's trying to tell you. We need to open up our, open up our hearts and our minds and listen to what he's telling us and do what he's asking us to do. We need to resist the temptation to think you know it all. Because <laughs> that's when you get in trouble. We've got to consult God in all our ways. The second action step is honor God's provision for you. Look at verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Woo! Hallelujah. Offerings are going to be great today. With the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. I'm going to tell you something. Maybe you didn't know this, but I'm going to tell you something. God owns everything. I don't, ooh, I have, I forgot I had all this money with me. You see all this? I don't ever have cash, y'all. This is, this is, we're getting ready to go on a trip tomorrow. So this is a miracle that I had cash with me. So all of this that I have right here, it's not mine. But pastor, you, you have it. It's in your wallet. It's your, no, this is not mine. This is God's. God gave me all this. You know what he did? He, he gave me the ability to work a job. He gave you guys the ability to come and be a part of this church and faithfulness with your tithes so that I could be, uh, get a salary. My wife works so that we could have extra income to be able to live where we live. We are blessed. But the only reason why we are blessed is because God blessed us. It had nothing to do with what I went out and did. I've worked, I've worked jobs where you got paid a commission according to what you did. Guess what? That money still wasn't mine. You understand what I'm saying? Because without the abilities that God gave me, I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have been paid the salary that I was paid because God gave me the ability. God owns everything. Nothing that I have is mine. Amen? I don't own nothing. For some reason, for most of us, our wallets are somehow connected to our hearts. 
You hear what I'm saying? Think of it this way. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Let me say it again. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Before Kelly and I had kids, we would scrap together everything we had, and we would buy each other an expensive gift for Christmas. I remember one year for Christmas, we'd only been married, I don't know, three years, something like that. And I bought her a ring for Christmas. You know, did everything, paid for it, you know, got all the, it was expensive for me. It was big expense. She bought me a, at that time, it was a PS2, a PlayStation 2. Y'all remember those? That's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> and, but she, you know, she got some money together and went out and bought it. We bought expensive things. We thought about each other. Guess what happened when we had kids? <laughs> those gifts for each other went out the door. We, we decided a long time ago, if we need something and we have the money, we usually go and buy it. So we don't usually buy each other Christmas gifts. We just don't. We, we, that's, that's not what we do. We go and we spend our money on our children. You know? Let me tell you something. For the first seven years of Maylie's life, she was spoiled rotten. You know why? Because for the first four years of her life, she was the only grandkid on both sides and for the first seven years of her life, she was only kid, uh, only kid on one side of the family. So it wasn't until her sister came along that she was no longer getting all the attention she had to share. We give her a hard time all the time. She says, when did I ever ask for this? I said, you prayed for her. You always prayed for your sister, you know? <laughs> you know? I said, just remember that whenever y'all are fighting, you know, which they don't fight very often. But... Uh, you know, and so uh, we spend all of our time and our money at Christmas on our kids. We buy them presents. Why? What happened? What changed? The priority changed. The love changed. We still love each other. It's just we love our kids enough now that we use our resources to help them, to give to them. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. There's something that happens when you give. Look at Matthew 6, 21. It says, for where your treasure is, what does it say? Woo. Man. I heard, if you've ever read the book, The Blessed Life, Robert Morris makes a statement in there. He says, if you want to know where somebody's heart is, look at their checkbook. Look at their checkbook, because what they're giving to all the time, that's where their heart is. You know, God knows that if you give, you'll love. So he says, if you want my direction for your life, if you want me to guide you, honor me with the first fruits of all your crops, the first of everything you earn for whatever kind of work you do, then I'll be able to fill your barns to overflowing. I want my barns to be overflowing, amen? I want, it just, I want all the blessings that God wants to give me. I, you know, I don't, I don't give so that God, you know, I, people say, well, you know, if you give, you'll get something back in return. I don't give to get back in return. Do you, listen to me for just a moment. You know why I give? I give because Jesus went to the cross. He died on that cross. God gave all that he had so that I could have eternal life. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's why I give. That's why when the offering plate comes around and we put money in, 
I'm giving that. Why? Because God gave to me all that he had. And so it, I want to give to him. I want to give because he come and he convicted my heart. He convicted my life. And so I want to give it all to him. Solomon says, if you're going to submit to God in all your ways, one of them is your financial ways. And the third action step is don't blame God for your pain. Verse 11, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. I'm going to say this. I want you to listen to me. Sometimes you caused what is happening to you. And sometimes God knows you need some correction, which he provides like every loving father does. I've heard people say, why did God let this happen to me? And you know, the truth is usually they're in too much pain to hear the truth at the moment. But the truth is, in most cases, God didn't let that happen to them. God didn't want that to happen to them at all. God tried to prevent it from happening to them. He tried to stop it, but he couldn't stop them. Have you ever had to discipline your child? It don't feel good, does it? Man, I want to give my kids all that they can give. And there have been times that we'll try to discipline you know, we'll, dis- we'll try to discipline one will discipline. I'm like, boy, you're kind of a little harsh there. And then the other one will discipline say, I thought you were kind of harsh there, you know? Why? It's because you weren't the one in the moment at the time. And it's like, you, this, uh, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking, especially if you've got teenagers or preteens. It's like, oh my goodness, this preteen is about to get there. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? They drive you nuts. And there are times that they do things that they know they shouldn't do. You've told them not to do it, and you have to what? You have to discipline them, and it may hurt you. I've told my kids, and, I, and I've said, I said, look, don't ever think that you can't come and talk to me. Don't ever feel like you've done something so horribly wrong that you're going to be afraid to come tell me what you've done. I said, there is nothing that you can do to make me stop loving you. I said, I want to love you. I want to. And I said, yes, there may be some punishment for what you've done wrong. And can I tell you, God's the same way to his children. God tells each and every one of us, he says, don't ever feel like you can't come talk to me. Sure, there may be some discipline that comes, but it's only because the father loves us. Do you hear what I'm saying? God loves us so much. He cares for so much. All he wants is the straight path for us. That's all he wants. He wants a path that's straight. And there are some times that we come to a fork in the road and we have to stop. We have to reevaluate the path that we're on and we have to make decisions so that we can make course corrections to be able to go and follow the path that God is leading us down, the direction that God wants us to go. Because when we stay on the path that God has for us, guess what? In all your ways, acknowledge him and what? He will make your paths straight. If we trust in him, he has some great plans that are waiting for us. Amen? Amen. 
So here's some action steps, some next steps, sorry, for this week. First one, you need to be sure to come back next week. Guess what? That's going to be the first action step every single week, or or the first next steps every single week. You need to come back. We're doing this series, choosing your path at a deeper level is what we're talking about next week. Be here. You ever go to those rest stops on on the highway when you first come into a uh, a U.S. city, you know, usually there's a pretty nice rest stop. I know there's one in Florida that's really nice. That's kind of, that's our sign next week is rest stops. So uh, rest, rest area ahead. So we're going to talk about that next week. Also, keep reading the book of Proverbs. If you haven't started, it's not too late to start. We still got three more weeks. So you got all this week and then you got three more Sundays that we're going to talk about this. So you got time to start reading the book of Proverbs. Figure out how many days it's going to take you and then divide the 31 Proverbs up into those days and read the book of Proverbs. You need wisdom in your life and I believe that if you will read the book of Proverbs, that'll be the wisdom that you need. And then make plans to be with us on Wednesday nights. We have connect group. We meet in here with Bible study. Our kids meet in the student center with uh, uh, Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries. You need to be here. Your kids need to be here. You need to be a part of this. This is something that I believe that you, it will help you in your growth. This is something that as we go down a path, we need to help each other, be with each other, speak with each other, talk with each other, pray for each other. Amen? God has something that he wants to do for us, and we need to open up our hearts and allow him to do it in us. Can we all stand? Hallelujah. God's done some work in here today, amen? Don't let this die. Take what you received here today, whether it was the word whether it was the time in the altar that you had, whatever it was, if God healed you, take that out. Go share it with someone else. Walk in this today. Walk in these victories that you've received today. Amen? Let's pray. God, I just pray for this entire body today. God, we've been on a path. The path that we've been going down, Lord. We've been walking down this path. We've been cruising down it. And God, we know that whatever direction we are going on, it's going to determine our destination. Help us to stay on the right path. That when we come to forks in the road, God, that we reevaluate, we stop, and we listen to you. And, and if we are not on the right path, that we, that we stop and we make course corrections. We do what we need to do. We go the right way, God. That we listen to you and, and hear your voice and, and understand what you're speaking to us. And God, I pray for every individual here that's here today and those that are watching at home. I pray that we make the right path, that we make the right choices, be able to go and do the right thing, that we listen to your voice and that we give you all of our heart. We lean not on ourselves, but we submit to all of your understandings. And we give you praise. We give you glory. God, I pray for everybody here to listen to your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated for just a moment. We're coming to a close. Today's service, I want to give you a couple of announcements.
youth is tonight at 6 p.m. And then our uh, ladies are planning a tropical party on July 9th. There's a sign-up sheet and an info sheet uh, for each of you to pick up and, and let us know if you're attending. There's a cost of $6, and you can sign up for that at the Information Center. Um, invite somebody to come with you. Um, you're talking about a great way to invite somebody to church. They might attend something like this where they might not come with you to a service. So this is a great opportunity for you to invite somebody uh, to come with you. Uh, I also want to remind you, as we are, our ushers will be at the back, there are three ways that you can give. You can give uh, dropping an envelope in, in the bag or money in the bag. We have a, also have an offering box in the foyer uh, just, just on the other side of the information center on this wall. And um, you can drop it in there. It's a secure uh, drop box. Um, and then also, you, we also have that you can give online as well. Uh, we have that available. Um, but I want to remind you um, about that we are that we have, we're asking you to help us to give to Fire Bibles uh, to Bible students in India. And these Fire Bibles, they have all the books that these students need to do their schoolwork. And we're asking you to give to speed the light for this project. So you don't even have to mark anything. Just mark speed the light on the envelope. And uh, you don't have to do anything specific. And uh, each Fire Tablet is $100. And we're wanting to supply them with 30 of these tablets. And let me just thank you so much for your gift. Uh, we could not do anything that we do in this church without you. I want to give a praise report real quick. I have been, at, if, you, if you remember, if some of y'all remember,